You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. And Adam, you know, for for weeks we've been talking about, you know, where Lucroy could go, where Ryan Braun could go. I think it was, you know, kind of widely agreed that Lucroy was the more appealing of the two. I'm I'm not hearing a lot about Ryan Braun right now. I know that in uh, previous weeks he'd been linked to uh, a couple of teams, a couple of uh, destinations. That's kind of died down a little bit. What are you hearing or maybe what are you not hearing regarding Ryan Braun right now? Well, look, I I think, Matt, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It is – a very complicated trade to make with Ryan Braun. Um, here in Milwaukee, the people have been through this. They read all the stories at the time. He served his suspension. You know, it's kind of in the past. People have sort of moved on from it, and he's back to performing at a high level. But I think we're fooling ourselves if we say that that is not a factor for an owner of another team taking on a player like this especially one with $80 million on his contract uh, beginning next season through at least 2020, there is a public relations front to that storyline. And it's something that in other cities would be a big time news story. And I think an owner uh, has to include that in his, you know, computations about whether or not to approve a certain deal. So on top of the public relations aspect of it, it's a player who has, some health concerns. He had back surgery last October. He's missed time here and there because of that. He's got the hand issue that has uh, that that troubled him in previous seasons. Now the last year and a half or so, he's kind of they found a solution to that, and he's been uh, not sidelined because of that at all. But you know, on a bunch of different fronts, this is a guy with a complicated story, and it's not as simple as looking at the numbers and seeing that he's you know got a big OPS and he's a productive player, and saying, yeah, he'd be a good trade candidate. There's more to it than that, and I think that is the reason why uh, he has not been dealt, and he's not been, you know, found himself part of any hot rumors. It doesn't sound like the Brewers got far down the road with any clubs on Ryan Braun. Maybe that'll change as he progresses in this deal, but again, that there's always going to be a public relations side to this story, and I think that's notable when you're talking about an owner from another team taking on a player with that being part of his background. Yeah, I agree with that uh, 100%. I guess the the thing that I would kind of pose to you is that, you know, when you look at other players who have been through this, uh, I mean, D. Gordon, for crying out loud, just returned, you know, 24 hours ago as we speak here on a Friday. Uh, Johnny Peralta, does anyone even remember that Johnny Peralta was involved in a PED scandal? You've got guys but- like Nelson Cruz, you know, A-Rob, the poster boy. I mean, you, you've got guys that have been through this before, and they took their lumps in the, you know, through the media, through, you know, the PR aspect of it, as you brought up, and they're playing again, and, you know, A-Rod's not hitting all that well. But the other guys, you know, let's assume D. Gordon uh, gets back to his ways of uh, 2015 when he won a batting crown and led, uh, led baseball and stolen bases. So, I mean, there is precedent here for guys to, you know, kind of bounce back from this and get back in the good graces of a fan base, even if that fan base would be a new fan base, as would be the case with Ryan Braun uh, if he was dealt. Does the fact that it's been a couple years now, does that kind of help his case, I guess, or does that maybe – is that more encouraging for a potential owner of another team to say, you know what, 
yes, you know, there might be some criticism if we bring this guy aboard. But again, a couple years have passed. It's in the rearview mirror, and we're willing to take a shot. Do you do you kind of see that happening, perhaps? Well, perhaps, but I'll just just to be devil's advocate here. The difference is those players you're talking about who uh, sign contracts after uh, serving PED suspensions. Teams gave them money. They did not have to give up prospects. And in the case of Ryan Braun, they would have to give up prospects and then pay him a lot of money for the next, again, through at least 2020, that contract runs. And it's $80 million beginning next year. So that, I think, is, is an added element to this. Name me all those players you named, I believe, the ones who were suspended and then signed afterwards. Those are free agents. Name me the guy who's been part of a big blockbuster trade. And again, I just I, I feel like an owner that's going to take on that player is going to have to address the the, the suspension in Ryan Braun's path and this whole PED angle is part of the story. I don't mean to dwell on this because, as I said right from the top, this guy has served his suspension. He has issued apologies for uh, you know basically lying about this in the first place. You know he has he's done what he needs to do in terms of. Uh, you know, paying for his crime. So I'm, I'm not here to sit and dwell about it. All I'm saying is that I think we are overlooking an important element of this if we say it's not, it's not a factor here for a team that's looking to trade for him. I think it is a factor. And I think that is part of why he's been difficult to trade. Yeah, I agree with every word that it's, it's, a, very, uh, it's a very fine line. It's a tightrope for any team where you look at the numbers, but you cannot just look at the numbers because of the baggage that comes with those numbers and the potential, I want to say a PR nightmare, because again, a few years have passed, but there is a PR aspect to it that must be considered. And it's a, it's a very unique, uh, dynamic uh, combination of factors involving this one particular player that perhaps does not affect other players potentially on the trade market. So with that, we're going to put uh, Braun on the back burner for now, see what happens to him and kind of focus now on the bullpen, and as we saw this past week, the big blockbuster deal, Adam, with the Cubs acquiring Aroldis Chapman from the Yankees. And I think it was widely agreed that, you know, Aroldis is the number one guy, the number one target, especially after the Yankees made it be known that he was available for the right price and the Cubs paid a steep one to get him. But now I feel that because he has found his new home, the three guys in that Brewers bullpen are getting a lot more attention, whereas before they really maybe didn't because of role. This is such a big name, such a big star, but you're looking at Jeremy Jeffress, looking at Will Smith, looking at Tyler Thornburg in your estimation, are all three of these guys, you know, available for the right price, maybe just one or two. What's kind of the blueprint here for, uh, for the Brewers? Yeah, all, all available. Look, I think where the Brewers are at, I mean, rebuilding is in the media guide bio of David Cern. It, it says right there, that he's in the process of, you know, acquiring, developing as much controllable talent as he can get. I don't know how many GMs have the fact that they're rebuilding right there in the GM's bio. Uh, that, that's, that's unique. So they are, there are no untouchables. Um, you know, as we're speaking here, it's Friday afternoon. Those guys all remain Brewers property. If that, remain, if that remains on Tuesday after this deadline's passed, I think those guys and others are going to just wear trade rumors from here until the end of their tenure because this is a team that's in transition, and those are guys who have performed at a high level. They are all uh, club-controllable assets. Um, you know, Smith is, has already had one arbitration year as a Super 2, but he's got three more years of club control. 
Uh, Jefferson Thornburg, also multiple years of club control left. So it's not like there's a, a ticking clock on finding a deal for them. But when you're a rebuilding club and these are assets that are valued by other clubs in the industry, you're going to hear rumors about that. And I think what we've seen um, that David Stearns is probably really happy about is relievers are fetching an incredibly high price at this deadline. We saw it with Chapman. Uh, you saw it with uh, Fernando Rodney. Um, you have seen relievers go uh, and fetch multiple uh, prospects, premium prospects, in return. And I think that, on one hand, that makes the Brewers very excited that they have assets that could get that type of return. Um, but at the same time, there's, there's not a clock here. These are not players in contract years, so if they don't like what they see, you kind of wait and be patient and go into the offseason. If you don't like what you see then, you look at next year's trade deadline. And I think, unfortunately, for all of those players, um, they're going to deal with trade rumors now for a long time. They're going to deal with trade rumors until they're traded. And I think the likelihood is high that over the next three years or so, as the Brewers continue down this road, you know, all those names you mentioned will find themselves dealt at some point. Yeah, that definitely seems likely. I guess uh, the, the one aspect of this I find interesting is that, you know, we're in this day and age in baseball where there's such an emphasis and such a premium on the bullpen. We've seen what the Kansas City Royals have done the past two years, riding yep. just a so-so rotation, but a lights-out bullpen to two straight pennants and a world title last year. So there is more there is more of a value on bullpens now than there has been at any point in the past. And I know that the Brewers want to acquire – as many prospects and controllable young talent as possible. But it, to some extent, do you think that they maybe step back and say, well, wait a minute, you know, these guys would fetch a high price or a, a high return because they are so valuable, you know, would, it, would they put it past themselves to maybe keep one or two of them because do they? I know it's, it's just bullpen guys, quote unquote, but do they maybe see the elite guy of that group, whoever it may be, as a potential building block for the next great Brewers team uh, if they can get some prospects for maybe the other guys? Well, maybe, but I think the chances are probably pretty low for an extension for a bullpen guy. The one exception I could see is Jeremy Jeffers, the closer. He has really grabbed hold of that role since Will Smith was injured in spring training. Uh, he has expressed a strong desire to stay. I think there have been some discussions with the agent and David Stearns, nothing concrete. Um, but uh, Jeremy Jeffers is one guy who, if he is still a brewer at, at the moment that deadline passes, is going to breathe a sigh of relief because he feels like there's a particular fit here uh, with the brewers that has helped make him successful. Remember, he was suspended in the minor leagues. He battled marijuana use throughout his uh, prospect tenure. He went to Kansas City. He went to Toronto. He couldn't gain a foothold in either place. And he chose uh, over a major league offer, at least one major league offer, to re-sign a minor league deal with Milwaukee because he felt like there was a support system in place that could help him be successful. That's exactly what's happened. So I think he, if there's anyone on that list that has a chance to stay, I think it might be him for all of those reasons. I think he's a guy that the team could get at a, for a pretty good deal. When you look at you know good deal, we're still talking millions of dollars, but in the broader picture of what uh, the, the cost of relief pitching. So that, that's the one guy I think uh, that could be a special case. You know, but again, it's, I'm not sure that if you're a team that's in rebuilding mode that you're going to start, you know, making relief pitchers the centerpiece of this project. You know, you've got to go for some big-time hitters. You've got to go for some big-time starting pitchers. That's where you start 
to climb out of uh, a period of, of, of losing. So, you know, I'm not, I'm, I, I, it would surprise me if David Stern starts locking up some of these relievers just because they're good now. I think his mindset is more on continuing to pile up prospects. Uh, and, you know, they've been doing that now for over a year under two different general managers, and I just don't see it stopping anytime soon. Great stuff, Adam, as always, and I'm sure that when we speak at this time next week, it's going to be a much different-looking Milwaukee Brewers team. We'll break it all down with you, Adam McKelvey, our Brewers reporter. In the meantime, Matt Waymire signing off for MLB.com Extras, Milwaukee Brewers. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.